Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Story time. Taking a day hike with a friend on the Appalachian Trail in New Jersey many years. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Years ago, 
It was a nice day and we were hiking and making idle chat. All of a sudden, from the low brush along the side of the trail right next to our feet, came this ear piercing, high-pitched, and long screaming sound. I can only describe it like a woman screaming after inhaling helium. We froze in our tracks and it screamed for about 5 seconds, although it felt like longer. Whatever it was started running off through the brush and bushes. Neither of us even caught a glimpse of it. It felt like a sci-fi or horror movie where we could see the grass and branches rustling while it ran off, but neither of us saw a single part of it or even get an idea of the shape and size. But the brush was only thigh high so it couldn't have been too big. After being frozen in place from surprise and fear for about 30 seconds, we decided to keep walking and talk about it after we gained some distance. But we had very little to discuss other than a repeated, what the hell was that? Growing up with stories about the New Jersey Devil didn't help our imaginations. But you never know. During a winter camping trip in Algonquin Park, we heard two distinct and unusual noises. We heard the first noise in the evening while skiing into the park trying to find a place to set up camp in the dark. The noise is somewhat hard to describe and sounded completely unnatural. It sounded like an electronically produced reverberation of some kind. At the time, we guessed it was some kind of weird animal call, we speculated perhaps a moose, or water-moving pockets of air trapped under frozen lake ice or aliens. We later discovered that this noise was actually produced by a natural phenomenon called acoustic dispersion, Google it and listen to videos. The second noise occurred on that same night after we had bed down in tent for the night. This noise was clearly an animal or several animals and it sounded much like laughing, yelping or high-pitched barking. The unnerving thing about the noise was how it appeared to move through the forest, closer to the tent, right next to the tent and eventually past the tent and then finally far away from the tent. Whatever was producing those noises had moved through our campsite at a fairly rapid pace but without making any discernible rustling, crunching of snow or footfalls, only the haunting vocalizations of whatever the animal was. I later heard similar noises outside of my condo window back home in a more urban setting, asked neighbors about it and was told that the noises are made by coyotes that hunt in the wooded areas along the hydro and rail corridor. I was just finishing up my shift at the police station when the call came in. A park ranger from Jasper National Park reported a missing camper. I grabbed my gear and headed out to the park. The ranger met me at the entrance and gave me the coordinates of where the camper was last seen. We made our way deep into the forest, following a narrow trail that led us deeper and deeper into the wilderness. As we walked, the ranger filled me in on the details of the case. The missing camper was a young man, out on a solo camping trip. He had been due to check in with his family the day before, but never did. We soon came upon a clearing, and there in the center of it was the body of the missing camper. I approached the body and immediately knew something was off. The camper had strange marks on his body, as if he had been clawed or bitten. I surveyed the area around the body, trying to make sense of what had happened. The ranger was standing off to the side, looking pale and shaken. As I looked around, I saw something move in the trees. 
At first, I thought it was just my imagination, but then it moved again. It was a creature, similar to a yeti. It was huge, covered in thick fur, and had glowing red eyes. It let out a deafening roar and charged towards me. I tried to defend myself, but it was too fast. It punched me in the chest and I felt a sharp pain, then everything went black. I woke up in a hospital room, confused and disoriented. The last thing I remembered was the creature attacking me in the forest. I tried to sit up, but the pain in my chest was too much. A nurse came in and helped me back down onto the bed. She told me that I had been found unconscious in the forest, with no sign of the creature or the park ranger. I was terrified. I had no idea what had happened to the ranger, or what that creature was. I knew that I had to get back out there and find out. I checked myself out of the hospital and headed back to the park. I searched the area where the camper's body had been found, but there was no sign of the creature or the ranger. I contacted my superiors and reported what had happened. They didn't believe me, and thought that I had suffered some sort of trauma from the attack. They sent a team of scientists and rangers to investigate, but they found nothing. I knew that I couldn't rest until I found out what had happened. I kept searching, but the creature was nowhere to be found. Days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months, but I never gave up my search. I knew that the creature was still out there, waiting for its next victim. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched, that the creature was always one step ahead of me. I knew that I had to be careful, and that I couldn't let my guard down. I never did find the creature or the ranger. But I knew that it was still out there, lurking in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. And I knew that one day, it would come for me. I used to work on the north slope of Alaska in the oil industry. The work we were doing required us to travel far out into the Alaska Petroleum Reserve which is basically just untamed tundra wilderness for hundreds of miles. The oil companies would build these long ice roads in the winter that would lead to exploration drilling pads. Our job was to go out after they finished the initial drilling and test rock formations for their oil producing qualities. It was mid-January, the sun hadn't quite come up yet. And when I say the sun hadn't come up I mean in almost a month and a half, polar nights are intense. The particular well site we were traveling to was about 60 miles west of Alpine, Alaska. Deep in the wilderness. Our job took a week but we finished and were headed back to camp to finish our hitch and go home. At the beginning and end of the ice roads are guard shacks that you have to check in and out of for safety, no cell reception and radios work only up to a distance. If you don't check in or out in a set time they come looking for you to ensure you're not a popsicle. It was about 4 in the morning, not that it mattered in the land of endless night, and we were halfway across the ice road. Travel was slow as the speed limit on the roads is only 25 miles per hour. When something appeared on the road in our headlights, it was a man. In jeans, sneakers, and a hoodie jacket walking down an ice road in wilderness tundra at 4 a.m. and it was minus 20 degrees outside. It's not unusual for the local Inuit people to be out this far hunting. Maybe his snowmobile broke down and he's trying to get back to the guard shack? Seemed plausible. He didn't acknowledge us as our trucks rolled up next to him. 
he just kept shuffling forward. He didn't seem cold, his clothing, while totally not appropriate for this extreme weather, appeared warm and dry. We also noticed he wasn't Inuit, but Caucasian. I rolled down my window and asked if he needed any help and if he was okay. He still didn't acknowledge us, just kept shuffling forward. His face was completely blank, devoid of any thought or emotions. The other guys in my truck suggested that maybe he was in an accident and in shock. I continued rolling my truck alongside him as he trudged down the road still trying to get his attention. Even in this extreme cold I could occasionally get whiffs of a peculiar smell coming off him. He smelled. Acidic? If that makes sense? There was just a lot about this guy that made the hair on my neck stand up. The guy behind me in the truck's crew cab had had enough of all this. He rolled down his window and reached out to grab the guy. He later said he was just going to try and shake him out of his stupor. Before my buddy's hand could reach him though this walking popsicle spun around and latched onto my buddy's outstretched arm. He glared at my buddy and then at me with this look of pure rage not removing his hand from his arm. If emotions had a physical temperature this guy could have melted the entire tundra that night. My buddy groaned in pain as he tried to get his arm free from Mr. Popsicle. At that moment this guy starts screaming in our faces. There was so much hate and rage and anger in that scream. It was absolutely terrifying. I slammed on the gas and spun out on the ice for a second before the wheels caught and launched us forward. Popsicle dude still had a hold of my buddy's arm and was trying to pull him out of the truck. He was running alongside the truck while the other guys in the cab held onto my buddy to keep him inside. After several moments, if could only have been a few seconds at most, my buddy tore free from this guy and we hauled ass to the guard shack another 30 miles down the road. We checked in with the guards and reported what we had just seen. The guard was looking at us like we were pulling a prank, but policy said they had to check it out regardless. My buddy's arm was sore and when he pulled back his sleeve there were noticeable bruises in the shape of a hand around his arm. We filed a report with the guard and were told to head back to our camp. None of us really wanted to talk about what happened and it was a quiet drive the rest of the way. We flew home the next day. The next time we saw the guard at this shack we asked him if they ever saw Mr. Popsicle on his patrols. He told us they searched up and down that ice road for a solid 12-hour shift and saw nothing, not even tracks in the snow leading off the road. He told us it was a good prank and that he'd get us back for making him waste a shift driving around. But it wasn't a prank. Who would make up a story like that? And who would willingly bruise their arm for a dumb prank? We never got a satisfying answer to what happened that evening. I still wonder about that dude. If he even was a dude. The Alaskan Tundra is a weird place and that was just one of my many weird stories from my time up there. I'll work to write down more of my experiences and share them to the appropriate subs. My friend and I used to go cycling in the woods every weekend and summer when we were younger, around the ages of 10 to 13. The woodland near where I live, suburbs of London, is ancient and has a lot of history, especially with old ruinous manors from the medieval times dotted around. We have so many happy memories from that period but one really peculiar and scary evening stands out. 
One evening we went deep into the woods and checked out this old abandoned farm where there were these huge pine trees in the center of the field. We had to hop a couple fences to reach these trees and there was always something majestic about these isolated trees in a field. Anyways, when we left the field it must have been around 6 sevenths o'clock as it was still crystal blue sky, in England it doesn't get dark until about 9 to 10 in summer. I remember we both had this unbelievable sense of dread and panic that come over us so we cycled off as fast as we could towards the exit which was a tunnel into the back road, this was only a 5 minute cycle from the field with the isolated pines trees. However, my friend disappeared and it felt like within a matter of minutes it was pitch black. I remember waiting at the entrance of the tunnel for my friend as I was too scared to go through it alone and it felt like I was waiting for hours. He turned up eventually and he had no explanation as to where he had gone. Essentially, it felt as though two to three hours had been compressed into five minutes and daylight turned to dusk with a flick of a switch. To this day I have no explanation as to what the sensation we felt was and how time seemed to warp. Those woods have always had an eerie and mystical feel about them. I went camping on Lake Michigan's shore one time. I was solo, and it was rustic. I was on a small ridge close to the beach but couldn't actually see the shore. My small fire was dying and I was about to turn in when I started hearing this strange wet whack sound on the beach. Happened two or three times in succession, sounded like a watermelon being hit with a baseball bat. Then all of a sudden a light appeared over the ridge, looked like it was scanning the tree line. After a second the light goes back down and I hear a couple more whacks. Silence, then a few more whacks 20 to 30 feet down the beach. Then the light is back. Then three more lights pop up and start moving up and down the beach. Then they left. There were definitely points in time where I was sitting there, knife in hand, waiting for this band of rogues to come murder me. I researched when I got home and I think they were just digging for clams or mussels or something. But for 15 to 20 minutes it was real real creepy. Crown land camping in Ontario in early January. It was an isolated spot beside a fairly large lake which was completely frozen over. Temperature hovered around minus 8 Celsius the whole trip but went above freezing for a day. After the sun set the frozen lake began making an eerie noise every few minutes, like a low-flying jet, followed by a massive, slow bloop, coming from the depths of the lake. Occasionally a crack would shoot across the sheet of ice covering the lake, shore to shore, about half a kilometer, in less than a second. Buddies were freaking out at first, speculating we had awoken a lake monster or something. Probably smoked too many joints that night. Obviously these were the natural sounds of the lake as it melted, possibly something to do with the fluid dynamics as it changed state from solid ice to liquid water, just a theory, but nevertheless we were in awe of the forces of nature at work. All the more terrifying considering the day before we had been screwing around on the frozen lake, unaware that the entire ice sheet was melting away underneath us. Falling through the ice would have put an end to the fun quickly. This happened in fall of 2021 in Hamastunchuri Wilderness Area in Finland. 
I had already been in the bush for 1,5 weeks and still had about week left. No people in sight except a friend who I parted ways with after couple of days and a reindeer herder so far away I don't think he even spotted me. I was making my way towards this old dilapidated wilderness hut which was not in use anymore and suddenly I hear talking. I stop and try to listen where is the sound coming from. It sounds like multiple guys. After a while I can pinpoint the direction and start walking there to say hi. I stumble in the middle of four guys in their mid-twenties, high as balls. Eyes red, cotton mouth and one dude is playing some shitty reggae from a Bluetooth speaker. Now at this point the nearest road is approximately 30 kilometers away. We start chatting and I spot that these guys gear is a bit makeshift-esque. Not judging, but these guys don't give out the vibe of a hardened hiker who makes their own gear. After a bit of chatting I learn that. These guys don't have a map. They don't have a compass. They have a shit ton of weed. They have consumed a lot of it. Now I try my best to give these guys some directions, but they are high AF. Looking at my map I spot a stream which goes towards the road their car is at. So I guide them to follow this stream and when they arrive to the road, turn right and after one kilometer they will arrive to their car. I had to handwrite these instructions four times on a piece of toilet paper in hopes that one always has those instructions. We parted ways, they gladly offered some weed which I declined, did get a small bottle of whiskey though. After my hike I had to google missing hikers in Hamastunchuri but didn't find anything, so I think they got out okay. When I was 11 or 12. I was at a boy scout camp in the midwestern USA talking with some friends in the tent at night. For some reason I poked my head out through the flap to look outside, and I saw a scene that was totally bizarre. I was deep in a forest, but I saw red lights moving all around, as though there were some kind of carnival in front of me. Some of the lights were moving in circles, or back and forth. One thing looked like an arrow with stripes that was motionless at first, and then launched and bounced back and forth slightly, as though it were attached to a stiff spring. I was mesmerized by it, but I had no idea what on earth I was looking at. I didn't see any people or anything unusual other than the red lights, and I didn't hear anything out of the ordinary. Otherwise it was just darkness and trees. I pulled my head back into the tent and told my friends I saw something weird. One of them poked his head out and said he saw it too, but he couldn't describe it and I think he just thought I was playing a joke and wanted to join in. I looked out again myself and I saw someone's flashlight moving in the distance as they walked, but that wasn't anything out of the ordinary. To this day, I have no idea what that was about. My depth perception of the lights felt strange, as though I was seeing two images at the same time, the actual dark forest in front of me, with the moving image of the lights superimposed over it. I was skeptical of aliens and UFOs, but it definitely had me thinking about them. I told everyone about it the next day in detail, and nobody else had seen anything similar. It was just a weird thing that nobody could explain. I'm located in the 559. There are a lot of Mary Jane growers out here. There was an illegal farm out in the country country of Clovis. It was ran by Asians. To conceal the grow up, 
The family had chickens and cows and other animals so it actually looked like a normal ranch. On the ranch there were trimmers. Probably about 15 to 20 of them. One day the family woke up and found half of their chickens dead. They couldn't figure out what caused for them to die. About a week later, the rest of them died. The crazy thing was that there weren't any lacerations or anything. It was as if they just dropped dead. Because of that, the family decided to install cameras out in the backyard. About two months after the first incident with the chickens, it happened again to their new flock. They watched the cameras and saw an orb zip through them and they literally dropped dead. This was in August of 2012. It was about 2 AM and a trimmer had her head flipped 360. Literally her neck was twisted in a full circle. Everyone freaked out and scurried off. Everyone ended up finding out that she was from Laos and was here for trim season. It's obviously been years now and no one, the Laotian community, has seen her or heard of her since. She was last seen in a Thai restaurant in a restroom sucking on tampons. I'm not making this stuff up. It was all captured on video. The property had to be blessed by monks and the land is no longer a grow operation either. For those of y'all that don't believe in black magic. Well that stuff is real. It's legit. Overseas, Thailand slash Laos, someone must have put a spell on her and sacrificed her for who knows what reason. It's a super common thing there. You don't believe in that stuff until you witness or experience it firsthand. In our culture, she's known as Phi Pob, she looks human during the day but feeds on blood and human souls. If you're legit interested in this scary stuff, look up Asian black magic and what can happen from it. This happened in 2016, so I was around 21-22. Friend was driving me home from her house. The road we normally took, back road but very busy with traffic, was closed for construction, so we took the detour road. We have the windows down because we had finished a blunt about 15 minutes prior, this was a 30 minutes ride back to my house. Halfway through the detour road, we both get this sense of absolute evil dread, and we then both notice that there is no sound. No nature sounds, frogs croaking, breeze through the trees, wind from the car, the radio was on and not playing music no matter how we f with the channel or the volume. It was like we were in an air pocket with absolutely no sound whatsoever. You could barely see outside, but we at least could make out trees and shit with the headlights, nope. Looked like we were in a completely dark tunnel. Lasted about 5 minutes and then all of a sudden the noise came back on with this sudden pop. Frogs, trees, the sound of the car, the radio, all of it. We kind of just sat still and said nothing, and as soon as we saw a gas station, she pulled over and we smoked a cigarette and we were both kind of like haha what just happened. Ha ha ha. Everything was 100% normal after that and it never happened again. I've been on that road hundreds of times since, but it was genuinely strange and it scared the shit out of both of us. We went camping last month and in the middle of the night, some panicked guy started banging super hard on someone's camper, screaming maniacally Danny, let me in. Danny, please, hurry. Danny, I'm scared.
Let me in. Open the door. Why are you doing this to me? Please, I'm scared. Hurry, please. Why are you doing this to me? It was a grown man, and it was like 3 a.m., and this went on for almost two hours. We tried calling all the after-hours park numbers for help and no one answered. He sounded like he was either on drugs and having a bad trip or like there was something else wrong with him. He was so distressed that it was genuinely disturbing, but we had our two small kids with us, who slept through it all, thankfully, and didn't feel safe approaching to see if we could help because this man did not sound like he was in his right mind. And also, there was no way the person inside didn't hear him. So maybe they had a good reason not to let him in? Maybe they locked him out to keep themselves safe? We didn't know, but he sounded terrified, too. He eventually stopped, but then their car alarm started going off, sometimes for half-hour long stretches, for the rest of the morning. We got no sleep that night. It was definitely the strangest night camping that we've ever endured. The next day no one had any information about what happened. This happened only a few weeks ago, I was camping in the middle of nowhere. In a state forest you needed permits to go into, and that sees only a tiny handful of people a year. We found a little meadow off the track, and set up camp for the night since it was in a little protected spot and away from the giant trees we have here that drop limbs like mad. We had a tarp set up to block the rest of the wind and to protect us from rain, it looked like rain was likely. And we had one swag and one tiny one-man tent set up under it and slept one of us in each. Around midnight I was woken up by the sound of something huge nearby. I heard it come towards camp from the bush, slowly circle our camp and then go back into the woods at the same place. It was giant, I grew up on farms and with horses and it had a similar presence to my old giant warm blood. It was very slowly taking two steps, stopping, sniffing loudly, waiting and then two steps more. It would have taken around 40 minutes for it to do a pretty small loop. To begin with, I was wondering if it was a huge buck but we had been around hunting that day and saw no recent signs of deer or pigs anywhere. There was no known wild horses in that area either. The person in the other tent didn't wake up, but they sleep like the dead. Still no clue what it was. In 2005, I had to stay overnight at my aunt's house. I was about six at the time, she lives in Texas right next to the border with Mexico. At the time she didn't have AC, so everybody in the house slept with the windows open for the fresh breeze of air, that night I was sleeping upstairs with my two cousins. My aunt's house always had pigeons flying around, you could hear them cooing even at night time. On this night, I had woke up at around 3 a.m., Something made me decide to look at the window, when I looked I saw to what appeared to look like the top of a head. The hair being colored a yellowish, orange-red. That's all I could see, some nappy-colored hair. At this point, I'm thinking my mind is playing tricks. How could a person be standing there if I'm on the second story? There was nowhere someone could stand, being as if you were to go out that window you'd fall straight to the concrete floor. Mind you, this window faced straight to the border of Mexico. It wasn't until a pigeon landed on top of its head, 
that it started saying CHT. CHT. As if it was trying to shoo it away. That was when I knew something was there and had to wake up my cousins and aunt to tell them something was there, my cousins being half asleep didn't pay mind to what I said and went to get my aunt, once my aunt came the thing wasn't there anymore. That just confirmed something was there with it being gone once I told. I only told this to a handful of people in my life but it's been really bothering me lately for some reason so I thought I'd get it off my chest and maybe someone here will get some enjoyment out of it. I looked up similar events as to what occurred to me and saw a post from a year ago on here describing a similar thing so I thought I'd share it. Take it as you will. A little backstory, I'm from Northern California, Sacramento area. All my life I wanted to be a cop. Spare me your anti-cop comments, political thoughts or ignorant BS regarding the profession. After the army I got hired as a sheriff's deputy in the Sacramento area in late 2011. Worked patrol and was also on the CSI team as a collateral assignment. So I would work a normal 12-hour patrol shift answering calls and doing standard cop stuff and then go to CSI calls for serious stuff, self-harm and murders mostly. By early 2017 I was badly burned out and found a new purpose in life and quit. This story occurred in the end of 2016. I am not religious at all but I am spiritual. The house I grew up in as a kid was haunted by something serious and I've experienced my fair share of serious paranormal events as a kid. But nothing since about the age of 15. I was about 33 when this occurred. In late 2016 I was working day shift patrol in a smaller town in our county. I get sent to a Safeway grocery store to a report of a domestic violence which was occurring in the store. Being a deputy I'm alone and have no partner but I have backup that's coming but it's like 20 minutes away. It's reported that a younger Hispanic male is slapping around a younger Hispanic female. It's over now and they are checking out and not fighting anymore. I show up and enter the store and immediately recognize these people. They are Norturno gang members. You see them now and again in the area but it's semi-rural and these people mostly lurk in Sacramento and don't really come to the area much, we were like 30 minutes from Sacramento. I won't go into the whole thing but I could just tell by how they were dressed and talking and appeared. Dude had some tear drop tattoo on his face and some crap tattoo on his neck. I knew what I was dealing with. They are compliant and say nothing happened and agree to come outside to talk. I pat them down, separate them, handcuff them, sit them down a good distance apart from each other and start interviewing one half of the party to figure out what occurred and if anyone needs to go to jail. They are both sitting on the curb out front the store with their legs kicked out facing the parking lot. My back is to the parking lot and am facing the store. It's about 13 in the middle of a weekday in a strip mall. There are dozens of people shopping and going about their business. As I'm talking to one of them getting their half of the story and taking notes, clear as day I hear the most beautiful female voice I've ever heard in my life. It sounded smooth and almost like really really good computer AI. Like that customer service phone support AI that you can't tell is human or not but it's just a little to perfect to be human. The voice spoke inside my head. This was not my gut feeling, inner monologue, sixth sense, training, whatever you want to call it. 
It was an outside voice that was not mine or from my thoughts and it was beamed inside my head. All it said was turn around. At the same time it took to say turn around, maybe a second, simultaneously I saw my entire life flash in front of my eyes and then saw a Hispanic man in his 30s wearing blue jeans, Adidas shoes and a red plaid long sleeve lumberjack slash gang member shirt walk up behind me and shoot me in the back of the head in the parking lot. It's like a 33 year long movie of my entire life just played in half a second inside my head. So when a disembodied voice tells you to do something you do it, so I turned around and the exact person I saw in my vision of me dying wearing the exact same clothes, with the exact same cars in the backdrop behind him as were in the vision is walking up behind me and is about 15 feet from me. Exact person, like the guy from my vision is now standing behind me. I confront him without pulling out my gun and immediately can tell this dude is legit and is up to no good and is trying to purposely sneak up behind me. Improfessional but firm trying to address the situation and process what just occurred at the same time. I don't have time to deal with this guy and the two detained persons. The short of it is the two detained people are his friends and he wanted to come see what was happening as he was concerned for their well-being. Yeah, no. He gets told to basically F off or he's going to go to jail and he agrees that's a good idea and he walks away back into the parking lot and disappears from view amongst the cars. Like walks away easily 100 meters and appears gone. I go back to interviewing one half of this domestic and about a minute later the same thing occurs as the first time. Voice, vision, gang member etc exact same thing. I turn around again and pull out my gun. I regret to this day not pointing it at him and pronying him out on the ground. I would love to know if he actually had a gun but I suspect he did based on how he was walking, holding up his pants at the belt buckle, and moving behind me. I ask for my cover officer to expedite with lights and sirens and the second this guy hears the sirens he quickly walks into the store and disappears. Don't ask me why I didn't do what I knew was right and as I was trained to do, point a gun at him and detain him. I just didn't. All I could think of is I just want this asshole away from my presence. I don't want to search him, get near him, talk to him or deal with anything about him. All I want at this moment is for him to not exist and to be gone. He had a horrible energy to him, like an almost evil energy to him. I've only felt that type of energy coming from another person a few times in my life. People that have experienced this might know what I mean. That's it. Partner shows up, we deal with the couple, male half goes to jail for beating on his girl and she goes about her business. I go into the store with my partner to look for the gun guy and we never find him. He must have gone out the other entrance. Didn't mention it to anyone for years and definitely not any other cops as they would have taken me off the streets. Can't prove it occurred other than my word. One of the single craziest things that have ever happened to me. Heard other weird stories as a cop from other cops regarding hauntings and weird stuff but I this was the weirdest. Take the story as you will and hope you enjoyed it. It's true. So, a little backstory. This is a story my dad has told me many many times. He'd forgotten all about it until recently. And although I cannot vouch 100% for its authenticity, I have heard witnesses back it up. 
When my parents were much younger, they had a friend, David, whose family owned some property along a local creek with camping lots on it. Since David owned the whole place, he and my parents and his other friends had access to the best lot which featured a particularly deep fishing hole, well over your head, six plus feet deep. The other lots would be rented out in the summer. I've heard dozens of humorous and semi-paranormal stories about their antics when they were younger, but this story has always been told with a degree of solemnness. On one particular occasion, my parents, David, and others walked out to their usual spot to the dock that extends several feet out over the water. Someone had left behind a large fold-up bowie knife stuck into the dock. David, being angry that campers were trespassing onto his private lot, took the knife and tossed it into the deepest, murkiest part of the creek. The company joked about it as kids do and carried on through the rest of the night, fishing and partying. The next day they all came back to clean up the lot and retrieve their left-behind gear. Only, the same exact knife was stuck into the same exact spot in the dock. Now, it's totally plausible that someone dove out into brown, murky, WV waters to retrieve their lost knife and stick it back into the wood. In the early hours of the morning. But who would do such a thing? My dad says they left it there and eventually it disappeared or someone retrieved it. This story might not be as shocking as some others, but whenever I ask my dad to retell it he turns totally solemn and swears it to be the truth. Two years ago, I went to go visit family up in northern Minnesota around Labor Day weekend. I will not give the exact location, but will provide at least a general location where this happened. To keep this short, I'm hoping someone may have had a similar experience, or may have a general idea what this thing or entity was walking around our tent. General Location, Mary Brown Bridge, Monaga, Minnesota. On that Labor Day weekend, my girlfriend and I were planning on spending time camping with her family. Both of us were very excited to get away from the everyday city life, and anticipated a much-needed low-key weekend. We arrived at their location around noon on Saturday, and were warm greeting by everyone there. During the day and evening, we were enjoying ourselves with random fun activities and catching up on how everyone was doing. As dusk started to settle in, we all were near the campfire for a few hours until 11 p.m. Eventually the family and ourselves called it a night, and headed to bed. My girlfriend and I were offered to sleep in a bigger-sized six-person earlier that day from whom her relative who I will call Mary. It was a kind gesture at the time, as we only brought a two-person-sized tent. Having that additional space for our belongings and our air mattress, was a nice added feature. Mary's tent was positioned not too far from the campfire and the rest of family. The family did a wonderful job clearing and maintaining the area for their smaller RVs and additional tents. To the back of the tent about 20 to 30 yards, is where the wood started with semi-thick brush and trees. Us three were laying down chatting, and eventually they both fell asleep. For some reason I couldn't sleep, so I was on my phone passing time hoping to eventually drift off to sleep. This is when I heard faint activity in the woods about 40 yards back. I dismissed right away, as deer are known in this area, and continued to space off on my phone looking at random things. About 10 or 20 minutes later, 
I heard thing get closer to our tent. I could distinctly hear twigs snapping and moving between bushes getting closer to our tent slash clearing. This started to get my attention, as I could start physically feeling a faint shake in the ground as this thing or entity was wandering around. Moments later, this thing was about 10 yards away from our tent walking slash running back and forth. Each step this thing took, I could physically feel the vibration from the ground. This thing was big, best way to describe this feeling is if you went to live rock concert and felt the kick drum hit your body. At this point, I was a bit terrified as I was trying to follow the footsteps running slash walking at the back and the side of the tent. This entity or thing got at least 5 yards near our tent, and suddenly stopped near Mary's side of the tent. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, scared of what this thing was going to do next. I shit you not, a few seconds later Mary shot up from being dead asleep. She gasped for air and was calling our names to wake us up, you could hear in her voice she was terrified. This entity hightailed off back in the woods, both of us were very startled at this point. The woods were dead silent, and eventually had enough courage to look out the tent. We saw and heard nothing, and about 30 minutes later ran to their shop to grab a shotgun. Another anomaly during this whole thing while we were alert and awake. Mary mentioned during this time I was awake, she was having a dream. She mentioned these entities were tormenting her saying they want her soul, or wanting to kill her? And to give it to them. My girlfriend dismissed the whole thing and said it was probably just a deer etc running around. After hearing my girlfriend say that, I never told anyone about this story. Until recently, as I started to think about it again trying to figure out what the hell this thing or entity was. Not super scary but just weird. I was out camping at a national forest with my friends at a designated spot with other campsites relatively near us. I was sleeping in a hammock about 30 feet away from everyone else I was with they were intense, and the night went by as normal but I woke up right as the sun rose at 5am I got out of the hammock and looked over at the people in spot next to us about 100 or so feet away maybe a bit more and they were just chucking all their stuff in their tent but weren't really talking that I could hear. So they chuck all their stuff in the tent and drive away, the door to the tent still open. We left the site around 11am and they hadn't come back. Side note, I was also kinda mad at them because they left a pizza on their picnic table and was sure it would attract unwanted animals but it always just left me with a weird feeling because they just pieced out so quickly and left everything behind. You'd think they'd at least close the tent with all their stuff in it. camping in Olympic National Park. My buddy and I, the camp host, and one other group were the only ones there. When the sun went down, the other group started blasting Rob Zombie-ish type music and screaming at the top of the their lungs at each other. Sounded like a bunch of scoundrels that hung out at the junkyard in the Chevy Chase slash Dan Aykroyd movie Nothing But Trouble. We went into our respective tents and hoped we didn't get murdered. It finally stopped after a few hours for about 30 minutes until it started up again. I ripped a bowl and fell asleep. When I was a theater studies student in the Midlands of England, 
We had to take our little theater company on tour around the local rural countryside as part of the practical side of the course. Being a proper London girl I wasn't best pleased with the prospect of roughing it in a 10-person van, there were 15 of us in the company, but for the sake of my art, I stopped being a silly tart and threw myself into it with enthusiasm. One day, we broke down in the middle of nowhere, and by the time the AA bloke got to us, and in turn, by the time we got to the campsite, it had no room left for us. We had three performances locally the next day and it had gone eight and it was pitch dark, almost, we didn't have many options left open to us. Our director said it would be best if we drove the van into the nearest forest and all sleep in the van for the night, as it was too late to continue driving around and we had an early start the following day we reluctantly agreed. We found a quiet part of the forest that was open with not many trees and by 9.30, we were settled in the van, if a little cramped and cold, we were all 19-slash-20-year-olds and it was a big adventure. At around 11.30, I was stirred awake by one of my colleagues screaming and another bloke saying this is so bad, we are so screwed. To my complete horror through my sleep-blurred eyes, I saw that our little van was completely surrounded by about 50, what appeared to be farmers, all with homemade torches all burning brightly. I started panicking, but didn't scream. I couldn't take my eyes off the men. They weren't moving an inch, didn't have any expression on their faces, not even when we bibbed the horn at them, two of the blokes even got out the van and shouted at the men to the total horror of everyone else. Nothing. Needless to say, we were all terrified, every time we tried to move the van the men moved a step forward, and then at 1.30, all the men suddenly just turned around and walked away through the trees. We were absolutely knackered, too tired to drive anywhere else, so we took turns in keeping watch in case the men came back, but they didn't. When I was about 14 years old, my friends and I would carry a bunch of gear to a camp spot we found on the lake that was maybe half a mile from my friend's house. One night, I woke up to rocks hitting the tent. The rocks were pretty big, some close to golf ball size. They also seemed to be coming from multiple directions. Me and my friends just huddled in the tent. One of my friends wanted to rush out, but we wouldn't let him. After several minutes of rocks hitting the tent, the rocks stopped. A few minutes later, we heard what sounded like a woman scream a few hundred yards down the beach. The next morning my friend found his fishing pole on the ground near the tent broken in two places. To us, this ruled out a friendly prank. If it was friends of ours, they wouldn't purposefully break our fishing poles. It also indicated that whoever it was had walked around the camp before throwing rocks at our tent. Amazingly, that wasn't the last time we camped there. I was 14 miles into the backcountry alone in grizzly territory. After dealing with bugs and rain all day, I was annoyed, but I had a few beers, chilled out, and took in the sights of having somewhere so remote all to myself. Went to bed after sunset. In the morning, I was tossing and turning and then suddenly heard huffing and snorting literally outside my tent flap. I could hear the rocks being turned around and stepped on next to me. I never grabbed my bear spray and glasses so quickly. I was trying to keep composure, but paranoia was getting to me, 
and I was a long way from help. The animals huffed more and then moved on. I sat there for a minute listening and then slowly climbed out. Nothing to be seen. I walked to the food prep area. Nothing. As I was walking back to my tent, I saw two elk emerge from the bushes behind my tent, look at me, and then wander off into the woods. When I was 17, 25 years ago, my friend and I had gone camping next to a small river in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. The road in and out was several miles of dirt, logging road, and we were heading back in my jeep. About halfway, we drove by what looked to be a body lying face down in the ditch. I slammed on my brakes and we both looked at each other to confirm what we thought we saw. I threw it in reverse, and just as we pulled up beside the body, the dude jumped up and took off running into the woods, never to be seen again. I grew up in North Texas. South of Fort Worth. We lived in a small town, whose name I will not mention. Initially we lived in the town proper, which had plenty of weirdness, I could tell a lot of stories from locals about strange goings on. Every once in a while the town would be blanketed in a thick fog. And people always acted strange about it, but it wasn't until we moved out of town into a newly built subdivision along the highway that I really got it. The fog was so dense that we couldn't see the light of the town or the factories a couple miles away, just pitch black, occasionally we couldn't even see the streetlight at the end of the cul-de-sac. The first time the fog rolled in while we lived there, I sat on the front porch, just enjoying the dark, and the quiet. Until the noises started. A couple streets over I could hear what sounded like a small dog being torn to shreds. I heard them take a cat next. I would have assumed it was coyotes, I'd heard them take pets before, except there was no accompanying chorus of howls. Just the sound of animals in pain. I still get chills thinking about it. It happened every time the fog rolled in as long as I loved there. So, I've always kinda been a nocturnal type, and once I graduated high school it got even worse, luckily I had plenty of insomniac friends. We would frequently find ourselves driving down back roads from one friend's house to another, to go get fast food, or just to find somewhere to hang out. So one night I'm with my friend G. G and I worked in a haunted house together, his girlfriend was one of my best friends, we got along. We were driving to get something, an album, or a pair of shoes, or drumsticks, something inconsequential from our mutual friend B's house. B lived in a neighborhood that was fairly isolated. You had to take back roads to get there, and there wasn't much but woods, and the occasional abandoned house, or dilapidated barn between town and his neighborhood. So, we pull into B's neighborhood in G's big truck, and standing right there in the middle of the road was this big F coyote, standing there on all fours, with a bloodied very visibly dead cat in its mouth. It dropped the cat and ran off, and we didn't think too much of it. Coyotes were common in the area. We got to B's house, grabbed what we needed and left. On our way out of the neighborhood, we noticed that the cat was gone, now that shook us up a bit. If you know coyotes, 
you know they're generally pretty scared of people unless they're desperate. And if they drop a kill because they've been spotted, they never come back to get it. They don't want to take the risk that the people will be there waiting, they can be smart like that. So, we're driving along the back roads not terribly far from where we saw the coyote, on our way to G's house. And standing on the side of the road on two legs is a huge coyote. I feel like if I had stood next to it, it would have been taller than me. That was unsettling enough sure. Then the mother F smiled at us. We booked it back to his place as fast as we could and spent the rest of the night unable to sleep, waiting for sunrise so we could feel safe going to bed. At the time we thought it was a S but now I don't know. I wasn't really camping per se but in my travels I would sometimes have to sleep outside in the woods. One morning I woke up to the sound of something sniffing me only to find a random dog trotting away from me. No big deal right? Fast forward a few months and I'm in a new state and a new forest and again I wake up to the sound of something sniffing me. In my head I thought, I've experienced this before, just another dog. Nope. I peeked out of my sleeping bag only to find the mouth of a black bear right over my face. I slowly went back into my sleeping bag and prepared for the worst. Thankfully the bear put his paw on my back and went on his way. I'll never forget them. Went backpacking with some friends in the North Ga Mountains. Got to our site during day, hung out and chill. After it got dark, a buddy and I ran out of water and needed to hike back about 1000 feet from our site to a waterfall to get some water. Halfway, we ran into a 3 inch thick rope dangling from a branch about 30 feet up. We never saw that rope coming in and this rope would be impossible to miss since it's right in the middle of the path. It was also sub-freezing temp in Ga so makes it even less likely that there would be people just strolling about. We asked our third friend back at camp if he saw the rope coming in and he didn't either. A few years ago while camping with my brothers for the summer after graduation, Pandemic year, not fun, but we got to our campsite, set everything up and got the tents up I paired with one of my friends. Occasionally he would get up to pee in the middle of the night, it usually woke me up but not because he made a lot of noise getting up but because he talked when he did. Literal nonsense sentences about nonsense. When I told him the next morning he didn't believe me saying he was as quiet as possible every time he went to pee but I know he was talking because it was what woke me up every time. Maybe he was playing a joke but it was still strange and he denies it to this day. My wife and I were camping at Mount Lemon for our honeymoon and it's the second night and we'd gotten back late to our campsite after a day hike. It was dark but had a good sized fire going and the Coleman lantern gave us a good amount of light in the immediate area but pitch black not too far away from us. I just finished pulling the food off the fire and sat down while my wife was finishing getting dinner ready to eat when all of a sudden I hear her let out a terrible scream behind me like a fear for your life scream. Immediately I am on my feet, pistol almost about to clear the holster when I see the intruder. I didn't know we had skunks in Arizona. 
I usually camp in the forest via car or a hike out. As opposed to field camping. I like being in the woods. One day however I got roped into field camping for May 24th. It was a massive mostly empty field with tents everywhere. Much like a festival. Defiantly not my scene. On the way to a site, the random post we set up by, we passed a group with a full-blown DJ set up. I'm talking big speaking on stands and a canopy covering a DJ controller slash mixer rig. They were blasting tunes. Like blasting tunes. Now for my taste this destroyed the experience. I love concerts and loud music but it's not why I go camping. It was a messy and less than ideal weekend. Oh and to add a funny note, one guy at a neighboring site pegged his tent down with one peg. It ripped out and blew across the field. We saw him ladder, totally wasted and asking randoms if they'd seen his tent. Woke up to something sniffing my ear outside my tent while backpacking. I made some sort of weird gruffalo grumble, I was half awake, and heard it run off through the brush. Another time I was backpacking in my hammock and awoke to what sounded like 10 coyotes cackling really close to me. Wasn't sure what they were up to. The funniest was car camping at a local state recreation area with some friends. It wasn't too far from a cow pasture. I woke up in the dead of night to something just absolutely rummaging through a camp box. I laid there for a little listening to it and getting up the courage to poke my head out of the tent. All I could think was a cow wandered over and was destroying all our stuff. Finally poke my head out and it's one of the guys who was with us trying to start a fire because he got cold in the middle of the night. He was an idiot. The first time I heard a buck barking, grunting, it freaked me out. First of all, I did tea no deer made that noise. Secondly, I was in a wilderness area camping in an area where a large granite wall referred to as the Great Wall of NC was behind me. The noise bounced through the woods in a way I was not expecting. The next strangest thing I heard was the huge family that decided to set up camp right next to me later that same summer within another NC wilderness area that has unrestricted campsites everywhere in it. They ended up being cool. But damn it was strange to hike in somewhere for 8 miles, set up camp in a wilderness area by myself and then end up having people right next to me, knowing full well how many other established wilderness campsites were there. I'd expect that closer to the trailhead, but usually once you hike in more than 3 miles. Your fellow hikers slash campers are also trying to get away from people. It was the second night of a canoe camping trip by myself. I was out in the middle of nowhere thick forests surrounding me in all directions. About an hour after dark I heard a little prop plane flying low up the river. It was a pitch black night, but I heard it circle overhead three times, take off upriver, and then there was a very loud crunch of metal and everything went silent. I later found out a two-seater plane had crashed into the shallow, rocky river upstream of my campsite. One survivor and one casualty. Based on the sound I'd guess it happened less than a mile away. I live in the mountains and I mean mountains. 
We get real dense fog, to a point where if you are driving and it comes you can't see but 5 to 10 feet in front of you. My sill moved here from out of state and got a job. One night she calls us and my husband has to go pick her up because she can't see to drive. I've experienced this my whole life though and never heard anything like that. That would be scary and I'm sure if you're not used to the fog it would be terrifying. I love it though. I used to go camping on the lake and get up real early just to watch the fog on the water. My dad and me were visiting my aunt and uncle at their house in the hollers of eastern Kentucky it was getting late but not dark and it was very wet rainy and gloomy. We were going around this one curve about a mile out from their house maybe a little less and suddenly as we were going around the curve this woman I would have to say in her teenage years or maybe very early 20s. Comes walking out from the deep woods on the right side where my passenger side door is she was wearing purple sweatshirt and black pants she looked very disheveled and dirty like she had been in the woods all night as we passed we just stood there and watched as we drove by even watching us as we were a couple feet up the road in the distance. F weird shit happens in the Appalachians dude this whole holler slash hollers that my dad's family grew up in are filled with weird stories and hauntings and paranormal s. an animal of some kind in distress. The woods were silent aside from the screams and screeches every 5 to 10 seconds. The creature's voice seemed to constantly change and it sounded like it was circling my campsite. At first I thought it was a bird of some kind, and then a bobcat or mountain lion, then maybe a deer, and it went on for hours. Sometimes it would get further away and I'd hear it echo over the canyons, other times it sounded like it was just beyond the flashlight beam. It was terrifying, something about it gave me a really really bad feeling and I refused to get out of the tent till the sun was up. This was on Mount Graham, I regard that mountain as one of the wildest places in southern Arizona. One day I was camping in the Kansas prairie and a guy went missing and had to walk one whole mile before he found the next road. Most don't know this about Kansas, but many a camper have actually died out here. Out of boredom. All jokes aside, I travel to Montana and Colorado for camping trips. On one trip I woke up from a sleep to the sound of a woman being murdered. No one else heard but it could not have been more real. I think it was a mountain lion perhaps. I have also heard owls make a similar noise. I work in a hospital in the sticks, a lot of weird shit happens there. A couple nights ago I was dicking around killing time and walked up to the fourth floor. I was walking to the end of the hallway and I heard a little girl say where are you? I turned around and looked up and down the hall and saw no one and all the room doors were shut. I left and walked back to my part of the hospital over in the emergency room. As I was walking I passed a doctor who had his ear cocked listening for something. I asked him what and he said he thought he heard someone crying. I told him don't tell me that and mentioned another weird experience I've had a couple times where I've heard a knocking on the walls in the bathroom. He smiled and told me about a couple different areas of the hospital that weird shit happens in. 
Then he said if you are ever over on the medical wing on the fourth floor around room 446 and you hear a little girl say where am I or where are you? I advise you to turn around and just walk on out. He told me this literally 10 minutes after I had just heard that on the fourth floor in the medical wing. I didn't pay any attention to the room numbers but it was the hallway where that room is located. Hospitals are creepy as hell.